welcome to another edition of the Franchise Player Sports Podcast. I am your host, Evan Johnson, surrounded by Johnny O. Rod Funderburk in the house. We needed to mention that uh, the rundown with Desmond Johnson will return uh, late January 2020. Uh, that is a breaking news special announcement. We will be on Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings during morning drive. Uh, we'll give you some details on dates and specific times as we get nearer to and as we get out of the holidays. Gentlemen, we are at Kickback Jacks and uh, New Garden Road in Greensboro. I'm surrounded by food. I've been starving myself all morning knowing I was coming here to, to, uh, to do this episode, and I have not been disappointed. Uh, we are recording this as A&T and Alcorn State are in the Celebration Bowl. Uh, A&T up big 31 to 17 right now, what about 10 minutes ago in the third. And uh, we also have A&T taking on Wake Forest on another TV in the same room. So we've got some A&T fans in the, in the room with us. So uh, keep that in mind as well. Guys, what's up? What's going on? Well, I, I, it's good to be back. And we are going to – I'll give a sh- quick shout-out to Jack Groff, who is uh, entertaining us again today Absolutely. at Kickback Jacks on New Garden. And uh, our wonderful server, Lydia Jodry, who is uh, always my server when I uh, – She's great. I frequent this place. I, I, you guys probably see that. <laughs> you kind of live here. But, you were just things here are good. Yeah, things yeah. are good. They're very. Uh, they, they they treat us well here. So I will say that. Definitely, Kickback Jacks has been awesome to us today. Jack, my man, who is the owner here. We just had a discussion about the Cowboys. Hopefully, we we will be able to win tomorrow against Philly, and then maybe we can get Dak healthy by not playing him next week, and then go on to beat. The big San Francisco 49ers in Dallas town on the first weekend of playoff Sunday. But, you know, Dez, it's always good to dream. I see that look you're giving I, me. I don't know what to do fly, with the Cowboys. Eagles fly. <laughs> I picked the Cowboys to go far this year, and I have no idea what to do with them. I don't know who's going to show up. Are they going to be the Cowboys from last week or the Cowboys from two weeks ago? I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, well, you know, it's well like according, ju- according to all the talking heads, oh, my God, the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl now. They won one. They oh, lost they three in a row, yeah, well, and now I, they won one. They're, I mean, they're back. Johnny, I wouldn't say that, but, uh, you know, has Jack, and I, has Jack and I talked, you know, there was a time that the Redskins were nine and seven and they happened to win a super bowl oh. that year so anything is possible that's why you play the game all right, all but anyway right. no longer to hold up talk with but the cowboys who we are a dying team until jerry jones <laughs> decides to get out of there we're gonna have these kind of conversations about the cowboys anyway so i'm not gonna hold up this podcast anymore. all right let's well, go so, well today's episode is about uh the state of college basketball and mine and rod's tar hills in general uh, as we record this they are six and five they are going to play UCLA here a little bit later on today. Doesn't it just sound weird? You just said the Tar Heels are 6-5. and five. It, it is weird. And, you know, honestly, I kind of felt like this should have happened last year. Like, the only reason why it didn't happen last year is because Luke May overshot what he was supposed to be as a player. Mm-hmm. Kenny Williams became a much better player than people expect him to because that was the class that year, 2015. Mm-hmm. It was just Kenny Williams and Luke May. And a lot of that was due to uh, – the investigation, NCAA investigation. Uh, I do need to give a shout-out to my buddy Brent Wilkerson over at Maven Carolina Sports Illustrated who wrote a great article on North Carolina this past week. And I was kind of looking at what he was talking about, and it makes a lot of sense as to why Carolina's struggling right now. It's not so much about, uh, you know, Roy doesn't know what he's doing or Cole Anthony doesn't fit or, or, or even injuries, although injuries have played a huge part. He, he made this chart where – it goes through the draft. I'm at the uh, recruiting classes the past four years. So I just want to run this out to you guys while uh, while we're talking about this, and we'll talk about the full state of uh, college basketball here in a bit too. 2016, 
The freshman class for 2016 North Carolina was 7th Woods, Brandon Robinson, and Tony Bradley. Two of those three guys are not there now. 7th Woods transferred to South Carolina, and Tony Bradley left after one year to go pro. Would a senior 7th Woods at point guard have made a difference on this Carolina team? Because one of the things I've noticed with Carolina is that they have no rhythm. Like, they can't get up and down the floor. I mean, the Tar Heels have not been able to get anything going offensively. I don't know what it is, and I would say, yes, they would have made a difference. Reason, because at least Williams could score. You know, he could, you know, on on occasion create his own. I mean, Woods, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, forgive me. Woods, he could create his own shot, and he could score. But this year, we can't create anything offensively. I've even noticed when we try to get it down into the guys in the paint, it's like we have a turnover. I don't know if these guys have butterfingers or if the fundamentals just aren't there. And once it's in the paint, like you said, Des, we can't score. We can't hold on to the ball. We turn it over. I, I don't know what's going on with this year's Carolina's team. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to blame Roy Williams or anything like that. But I think there needs to be more concentration offensively in practice and what these guys are doing in practice. because And Roy has the – has the knowledge and and years we've seen it in many years we start off slow by the time the end of the year comes acc play comes roy williams really has these guys playing like a well-oiled machine but this year i don't see that happen offensively i do not see that happen whenever you go two games in a row playing at home and you can't score 50 points on your home court i am concerned about the offense they can't shoot they, I mean, it, they cannot shoot. There's not a guy on that team I trust to take a three or, or anything, really. Uh, I mean, they just they can't shoot. But that was so that was 2016's class. So Tony Woods gone, went early. Right. Seventh Woods gone, transferred out, maybe partly because he knew Cole Anthony was coming in, knew he wasn't going to be starting as a senior, didn't want to come off the bench, whatever the case may be. Tony Woods seventh, was the big guy, right? The yeah, Tony Woods. He, yeah. he was the sixth man on see, the see, 2017 that was, team. That's huge. He, I think they, yeah. they, they could have used him. He'd have, he would have been a senior. Now, granted – there's no telling if Tony Bradley would have stayed four years. Oh no, Carolina that's who I'm talking about. Tony Is Woods. Bra- no, Bradley. Oh, Tony Bradley. I'm Bradley. sorry, Tony Bradley. Bradley. I said Tony Woods. Bradley was th- that. I think that's what screwed you guys. He up should have a stayed at least here. through sophomore year. I thought he when he left not, early. He was so not ready. Oh, no, none of I, them I'm not even sure if he's. Uh, he got drafted by Utah. I'm not sure if he's in the G League or know. if he's riding the bottom of Utah's bench, but. No one can tell me that it wouldn't have helped if he had stayed at least one more year because he would have been starting. He would have been the main helped. post guy on the 2017 team and developed under Roy Williams. And what what uh, Rod was saying, you know, Roy does develop these guys, and yeah. it, you yeah. know, and these coaches really haven't had the opportunity to develop guys because of the one and done and all that kind of stuff. But and and another another point on what Rod was saying about fundamentals and not catching the ball; those two go hand in hand. No pun intended, I guess. Because I'm seeing it throughout all of college basketball. These guys, you know, these these super athletes right now, I've seen it in different games. They're not catching the ball or they lose the ball. You know, they're taking the ball to the hole and they, they don't have any hands. And that's fundamentals of basketball. And that's going to take time. And that's why these college kids, and I think the one and, the one and done is catching up with the whole college basketball uh you know universe here because they look like rookies now now where last year they were you know i mean you had I mean, stars yeah. RJ you had Barrett and guys like they didn't men. have any they business being in college basketball last year and i think yeah. you had a number of guys like that last year and next year's class is going to be pretty good too but this year's class isn't as good as the one before 
and with all the people leaving, and you had good senior class that left too last year, I just don't know if uh, it can ever add up to the hype of previous years. Now, 2017 North Carolina, the, the freshman class was Jalick Felton, who I completely forgot existed, like literally wiped him from my memory entirely. He came in as a five-star point guard. Um, Andrew Playtech, Sterling Manley, Garrison Brooks, and Brandon Huffman. So he had three post guys in that class. Out of that class, Playtech, Brooks, and Huffman are playing. Sterling Manley's been ruled out for the season. Was K.J. Smith in that class too? Um, if he was, I don't have him on this chart. But okay, I thought K.J. Smith was in there. 2017. Uh, yeah. And he's he, playing he, now. Yeah, because he would have been a sophomore uh, this year, right? Uh, no, K.J.'s a – is he a senior right now or a junior? K.J. Smith, I believe, is a sophomore. I think maybe he walked on the first year. Maybe that's why he's not on this no, chart. No, I'm sorry, last year. Last year he would have been a sophomore. He so-, so he's a junior this year. So, so 2000 – yeah, 2017 would have been his freshman year. Yeah. I think he walked on that year, and then they gave him a scholarship yeah. the following. Yeah, him and so Walker Miller, think. which Walker Miller doesn't play much. Right. Well, well he is this year for some yeah. reason. <laughs> like, but I told my wife, I was like, you know, I can't really even uh, be mad because I'm watching guys that if you're a Carolina fan, you're used to certain names that you only see like in the last two minutes of a game, like when they're up by 20 or something. You'll see K.J. Smith come in and Walker Miller come in and these guys – these guys are getting regular minutes now. K.J. Smith started the past two games. So it's like Wofford beating Carolina. Uh, Chris Lee, a buddy of mine from WXI, was like, uh, you know, they, how did they beat you guys? You know, they, they've got a bunch of three-star guys. I'm like, their three-star guys are better than our three-star guys. The problem is we're playing three-star guys. <laughs> That's literally yeah. what's out there right now for Carolina. When, uh, when Playtech is one of your go-to guys – that's a problem, and I hate it because I. And there's I, nothing I wrong with that kid. I, I mean, yeah, I don't but he's a role player. Playtech. He's a role no. player. Yeah. Oh, no, no, don't don't get me wrong on that. I mean, I love that kid when he comes in, but he's a role player. He just can't. Like, I'm amazed by the amount of kids on this Carolina team that can't jump. <laughs> Playtech yeah. can't jump. Justin Pierce can't jump like over a piece of paper. It's crazy watching them play. So when you talk about that, they can't jump, and the things that are. <laughs> no, I'm seriously. They when can't. you say they, they can't, can't jump, they cannot jump. Well, my question is this. Does that fall? Does that part fall back on Roy Williams? Because they didn't just begin to not be able to drunk. We're talking about recruiting now. Yeah. You know, were those the right kids to recruit? Well, Playtech, I think they recruited him as depth. I don't think they ever thought he'd be getting the minutes he'd be getting now. Yep. Uh, Pierce, uh, and we'll get to him in a second because he's in the uh, this, uh, this 2019 class. But to finish this out, 2018 last year, you had Kobe White, uh, Leaky Black, Nasir Little. Kobe White turned into a, a lottery pick. Uh, Nasser Little came in with the expectations of being a lottery pick, left in the first round, and Leaky Black is still there, but he's been injured pretty much the two years he's been there, so we haven't seen a full You haven't seen anything, anything from, from him. Leaky, yeah. yeah, and that's too bad. And then this year you've got Cole Anthony, uh, Jeremiah Francis, Anthony Harris, Christian Keeling, and Justin Pierce as grad transfers, and Armando Bacot. Okay, listen. Or Baycott. Baycott and Anthony are five-star no, kids. Now, Baycott's pretty good, but those names you just mentioned besides Cole Anthony – my my question to you from an outsider again, not a big Tar Heel fan, but watch him all the time. My question is who? I don't even know who these guys are. That's what's scary about this year college basketball. I'm yeah. looking at these guys and I don't know who the hell they are. There's there's not really a big star to gravitate to. They try to hype Cole to be that guy for the country, really, after uh, that first game against Notre Dame where he kind of exploded for thirty plus and Do you think, hitting things in people's eyes. Is he coming back or what? That is an interesting Ooh. question because 
uh, four to six weeks means he missed like six games minimum. The last game he'd miss would actually be Clemson at Chapel Hill, which I'm scared to death of because they've never lost to Clemson at home in the entire history of right. of the world. Well, they might do it this <laughs> it year. It might happen, but Clemson's not good either. They're 500, but uh, Carolina seems like they're missing – Carolina that looks like guy. they look like they're missing heart. Yeah, sometimes you win basketball games by if you want it, like a if, you, if you enjoy it, mm-hmm. if you have passion for the game and what you're doing, have passion for that b- beautiful Carolina blue uniform that you that you're putting on. A lot of times you can win basketball games just by having that kind of passion. I don't see that this year from the Carolina Tar Heels. I just don't. I don't know. How you get it to him? I don't know if that's something that Roy can encourage in the pregame speeches. Or like you said, Des, there needs to be a player who steps up and delivers that spark that's needed for that. Who would that, who would that be on this team, though? Rodney, Rodney, to your point, the players look as nervous as the fans look. Yeah. Yes. yeah. That, okay, I want to touch on that because it does seem like when Cole was in especially, it felt like they were all watching him. Yep. Now that he's been out, it feels like everyone's afraid to shoot it. They like, don't know what to do. No one knows who's going to be. There's no alpha dog on the team. Like, even last year, it was re- Luke May was a senior, but it was really kind of Kenny Williams' team. Like, mm-hmm. he was a senior. They all kind of gravitated to him. And Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, man. Cam, Cam Johnson, Johnson yeah. was the key to that whole Cam, team. No yeah. one knew Cam Johnson in the two years he was going to be there was going to turn to a 50% three-point shooter. And first-round You know first what? Round Transfers pick. have really kept Carolina up the oh, yeah. last few years. Now, so we got to talk about, and like I said, uh, Brent Wilkerson News article. Go check it out on Maven Carolina, uh, the Sports Illustrated uh, site for Carolina right now. But he really touched on the fact that the NCAA investigation, this is this is the year that the punishment really kicked in. Like, they didn't, for some it's not like Carolina skated home with no kind of injuries or anything whatsoever because of the, the NCAA thing. That They're feeling the effects of it now because if you look at the classes, 2016, Bradley was a borderline five-star guy, left after one year. Rob, Brandon Robinson was a uh, Georgia State Player of the Year and a four-star kid. Like, he came in with expectations. He just hadn't had time to play because there's been so many people in front of him. Now that he's a senior on this team, it's like he's been hurt like most of the year with foot injuries and stuff, so he can't get really get it going. 2017, they get one five-star borderline, Jalen Felton. He was like number 25 or something like that. Right. We won't go into why he's no longer with Carolina because no one really knows officially why. There's rumors out there as to what happened, but he's gone. He would have been probably a two- or three-year guy at Carolina and probably would be the starting point guard if he'd stayed. And then last year with Kobe White, nobody knew Kobe was going to go from – now. We saw him two years ago at the uh, uh, the um, uh, ah, what's it called the uh, the classic in Greensboro. Um, the um, uh, my mind just went blank. Yeah, oh it's gosh. the um, the Haco. Uh, no land. Oh, oh the, the MLK. Uh, no, it's at Dudley. No, it's in the summertime. It's a Josh. Um, oh, Josh. Level. Josh Level. Level. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to his uh, his father, Joe. Um, yeah, Josh Level. The Josh Level. Uh, the, yeah, the Josh Level classic. We saw Kobe at Duke uh, do this and score forty points, and he was the MVP of that game the year before. Well, the summer, the spring before he landed at Carolina. So that was my introduction to him. He grew like five inches between there and when he got to Carolina because he was like a six-one point guard when we saw him. He got to Carolina, he was six-five, and I was like, oh. <laughs> and he kept all the speed. Roy taught him how to slow down, and by the end of the year. I mean, you see what he's doing in the pros right now. Like, yeah. he was ready to go. Like, I, Roy telling him to leave was unselfish on Roy's part because he could have told him to stay one more year. And Kobe wanted to stay another year. But he told him, you got to go. You got to go now. 
And now he's, I mean, he's the starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls. By far one of my favorite players of all time Kobe. in Carolina. Really? Yep. Um, I, I fell great. in love with him from day one. Now, and no. it was the hair, but then he backed it up, man, because he, he, oh, he, he could do it. Ice in his veins. Loved Kobe White. Yeah. Wish he would have stayed. Kind of knew he wasn't going to be able to by the time the year was over. Now, Sir Little, on the other hand, should have stayed one more year. Well, he's he not doing bad in the NBA. No, but he could have been a top three pick if he stayed one more year and been the leader of this team, the team we're watching. That's the guy that they could have had that's that – you know, get the crowd hype, dunks and stuff. He could have worked on an outside shot. I mean, there was a lot of things he could have did. I agree with you, but I think there was something going on with Nasir and Roy Williams because Roy Williams was more or less spot playing him. He wasn't really playing Nasir Little the way he should have, in my opinion, Well, last it, year. it came out with uh, Nasir and his dad that he was always planning to be a one and done, no matter where he went. And Roy knew that, so maybe that's why he never really had him starting or anything like that. Plus, he had some injuries last year, too. Remember, he got hit in the chest. Had something with his eye, had a flu game or whatever. So he never really, really, truly got to show his potential on 25, 30 minutes a game. He, he didn't show anything to me. And he all. still got drafted first yeah, round, right. but Upside. off of potential more than anything else. Yep. But he, no one can tell me him being on this Carolina team as a sophomore. He or, and look at the draft. This year's draft is going to be so weak. He might have went number one overall. Oh yeah, he would have been the man year. this year for you know? sure. That that killed him. And then this year's class, Cole Anthony was the top three player in the country. Uh, Francis and Harris were four-star point guards, maybe three-star point guards, both of them dealing with injuries. Jeremiah Francis hadn't really played in two years because of injuries in high school. I will say I do like Jeremiah Francis. From what I've seen of him so far, he kind of reminds me of Joel Berry freshman year, like the way he runs, the way he moves. He's quick. He, he has a handle of the game. I really think he's going to start starting over K.J. Smith here soon, if not today at UCLA. He hadn't really played ball in two years. They need to make a move. Put Francis in, and I, I mean, if Cole comes back, put Cole at the two. So have Francis at the one, Cole at the two. That puts um, ba- uh, Baycott at the at the center. You would have – who am I missing here? You probably have Brandon Robinson at the three, which I can let – he's the senior on this team. It's, it's supposed to be his team. He's the only senior on the team except for walk-ons. And then at the four, you put Garrison Brooks. So it would be uh, – Francis, Anthony, Robinson, Brooks, Baycott. Baycott. That's your starting five. Baycott has shown signs of really good. Yeah. But then he disappears. He's Well, he's messing. He's got a hurt ankle or something okay. right now, so that might be part of it. But Because uh, remember, he didn't miss any games from when he rolled that ankle uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that looked nasty when he rolled it. He They, they had like a four-day layoff, and he was playing the next day against, uh, was it Virginia, I think yeah. it was? So I, yeah, I like they Baycott. they were surprised at that. That's right. Yeah. I do remember that. So, I mean – I, I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. And this was uh, one of the – actually, I think I heard this was the toughest stretch of games any team in college basketball is going to play this season. Um, the past, like, six games that Carolina's played. I mean, they played Virginia. They played – Well, they had the same schedule last year where they had a tough streak, probably yeah. a harder streak than anybody That's in college basketball. That's how Roy basketball. schedules it. That's yeah. good. And he loves going on the road. Usually I mean, they win a couple of them, though. Right. But, I mean, they, right. went, they went to Gonzaga. I think they went to Virginia. They went – and you're playing conference games in December. Like, yeah. you know, when most teams are still trying to figure it out, they've already played Notre Dame and Virginia already. Like, we're not even January 1st. So I think a lot of it's compiled to make Carolina look worse than what they may actually be. But they're not a they're not a Final Four. Th- well, I don't even want to say they're not a Final Four team because as we segue into the rest of college basketball, who's the best team in college basketball? 
I mean, you got your can- <laughs> like, who is it? Can- I mean, we've had what Kansas four or right five now? different no. number ones. The now? Most, yeah. most number ones yep. we've had before January first, like since the history of the poll. Yep. And Kansas sits there now, and I don't. I don't. Nothing is brilliant about that team at all. No. Villanova's playing them actually today. I'm wondering what's going on with that. But um, so my guys, the, that, my question is, what does Carolina have to do in order to improve and make the tournament? Because what the Carolina team that I'm seeing is not going to make the tournament. What do they have to do in order to make the tournament? Cole Anthony needs to come back and dominate the game, and I'm not sure if that's going to happen at the point guard position. Honestly, I think they need to rebound. They have to out-rebound every single team they see, and they got to run. Like, they don't run like other Carolina teams do, and most Carolina teams run off of the rebound. Like, they, Roy's always said they don't practice it in practice. They they just naturally out-rebound teams just the way they play. But I'm not seeing these guys – I haven't the seen that they have. Year. They're not really re- – now, they out-rebounded Gonzaga, I think, the other night, but they still lost by a whole bunch. Oh, God. I was surprised <laughs> that we were only down by 10 in the first half. Now, they showed some heart. That, now, I will say that's the first game this year where Carolina looked like they wanted to be on the floor, and they were playing hard, but you just kind of felt like they were going to run out of gas because they just right. didn't have enough horses to run with Gonzaga on the road, a true road game, something that uh, Coach K never does in December or January, like a right. true actual – Go to Gonzaga, not like the Coliseum in, in Seattle or something like that. Right. On, on Gonzaga's yep. campus, and you're playing the number two ranked team in the country, and you don't have your best player. And right then, after and losing to Wofford. And then you lost Brandon Robinson at halftime to an exactly. illness or whatever. He's yeah. the only senior on the team. So I'm just like, yeah, but that is, is the this time. Wear him out. That is the time that you wish you take a book out of Coach K's uh, page or a page out of Coach K's book and say, hey, you know what? We're not playing these hard games right now. but And that's only simply because yeah. of injury. You know, had we not been injured, maybe we, you know, come out a little bit better. Maybe we win two out of the last four instead of dropping four straight. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know. That <laughs> sounds bad, now, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. Is it, hey, is Gonzaga that good? I don't is know it, if there's that a team that, that could win it all. Yeah, I, I think, think they could win it all. I think they're that good. I think that They've been that good last else. year. Yo, yeah. what's going on? How you doing, Based on everybody, based on everybody else right now, I think uh, level wise, yeah, Gonzaga's pretty yeah. good. But like, yeah. would they beat the Gonzaga team that was in the national championship two years ago? No, yeah. I don't. I think yeah. they get blown out by fifteen. To right. be honest, right. like they lost four guys to the NBA themselves last year. So everybody got depleted. This Duke team should be number one based on talent alone, but I don't feel it. I said it before. I don't feel it with these Duke kids either because. We saw some of these guys. We saw uh, Wendell Moore and some of these kids in that Josh Level Classic, and they did not impress me at all. And I've been right. tracking them since, and it's like there isn't a kid that came in this year that's a freshman that I'm like, oh, wow. Now, Cole Anthony was one, sort of, yeah. and James Wiseman at Memphis was one, sort of. But ben they what? never were like Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett. Uh, John Morant, no, like they no. were never on the level of, oh my gosh, did you see what he did last night? Right. So it's is it hurting college basketball that they don't have a guy yes, or a team it is. like that right now? It's I, I've you know as much as a, a college basketball fan that I am, I mean I've lost a little bit of interest this year because I don't see that right now going on. You know I don't see oh my god I got to watch that guy from Kentucky. I got to watch that guy from Kansas. Nobody. You know, and, and, and you mentioned that John Morant. You know, we need a player like that to step up right now. It's supposed from, to be Cole Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, that, that should be Cole Anthony. Now, if you were if you were Greg Anthony, Cole Anthony's dad, what would you be That's telling Cole right me. now? Because 
on one hand, most people are like, uh, oh, he's going to sit out. He's going to wait for the NBA and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, his situation isn't the same. Greg Anthony was an NBA player for a decade. They've got money. It's not like he's got to go. Yep. I mean, so maybe it's not the same thing. And we said the same thing about Zion, and Zion came back and played. Now, granted, maybe he shouldn't have because no one knows when he tore his MCL. Right. It's the That's same true. leg. Look, look at, and right. it could have been look what's him going back. on right now with that. But – with Cole Anthony, and I hate to say this, they're six and five. Cole might look at that and say, oh, "Why would I waste my time?" You know, yeah. it doesn't look like a national championship contender. Is that so? You being Greg Anthony, is that what you're telling him? If you're if you're Greg Anthony That's today, the only what reason. would you be now, telling him? Now, if 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 Carolina was uh, uh, what are they six and five? If they were nine and two, it'd be a different ball game, you know. And once he got, he's out for four to six weeks, let's say they're fifteen and fifteen and four. I'd say yes, but if they're 12 and 9 or something like that, I'm like, eh, you know what? You know, Maybe we just get ready for the NBA. I'll be honest with you. If I was Greg Anthony's dad, I'd want to have a sit down talk with Coach Roy Williams. I want to figure out what his plan is for next year. Who's coming in? Because, like you said, Des, money should not be an issue at all. So I'd want to know who's coming in next year, who you're recruiting, who you got coming, what are the chances. Then I'd say, Cole, based on the talk with Roy Williams, there's a heck of a shot next year oh, no. based on the talent that's coming in. And oh, go ahead and Cole get Cole Anthony's not wait, coming back. You mean next save year. him for next year at Carolina? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. no yeah. No, oh, he's yeah, gone. He's gone. I would. yeah. I think he's gone. <laughs> so, y'all think he's leaving? Either oh, way. He's, my no, question, no doubt about my it. question's more do you think he comes back this year, this year after the injury's done? It was like a partial MCL tear. Apparently, it wasn't that bad because he was walking around right after the surgery um, based on the video Greg Anthony posted. But, yeah, the question is if you are Greg Anthony today, what are you telling Cole about coming back this, this year, year to play or just staying oh, out and going if to the he's, pros? If he's leaving for sure, for sure, yeah. partial tear of his ACL, yes. right? Or MCL. 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 Yeah. Oh, get your MCL straight. Don't yep. play another game. See? Don't come back. Yep. See, and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of with that. And he'd probably be top five pick right now even if he doesn't come back because the, the draft is weak. Like, there's other you than James Wiseman. And, right. I wouldn't uh, have him taking the chance on tearing it. Because sometimes these guys, if they come back, they actually come back prematurely. And and anytime you can come back prematurely, you can have a worse injury. Well, see, that's the thing I was bringing up Zion. Because Zion blew out his shoe in that first Carolina Duke game. He missed, uh, I think, about six games. They didn't really say exactly what the injury was. They were very close to the vest with it. He came back in time for the ACC tournament. So he missed both the Carolina regular season games. Um, came back for the ACC tournament. Saw Carolina that third go round, and then they went through the the uh, NCAA tournament, and they got to what the Elite Eight, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and they lost to Virginia. No, who did they lose to? Um, Virginia Tech. Um, no, it was like um, they Auburn. almost lost to Virginia. They Tech. should no, they no, 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 no. Who, uh, Carolina who, lost to Auburn. Uh, they should have got beat by Central Florida, right? Taco Fall, and then oh, they got yeah, beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They the almost lost day, to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was the next game, the I next, believe. And then they Kansas. I think it was Kansas they lost to. No, it was another. I can't remember. They had a couple of close calls, and then I think it was Kansas that they lost to. Maybe it was. But uh, the the thing was, no one knew exactly. No one knows right now. They haven't reported it. When Zion originally tore his MCL. And remember during the uh, ward circuit and after the season, people were saying he gained a little weight and that we've been on record saying he can't play at 285 in the NBA. It's just not going to happen. Right. I don't care and how much you love him, him or, or how much he can jump now. And looking at him today, he hasn't lost weight. No. If you have a problem – 
Get him on a weight program. He lives man. in New Orleans. Everything is fraud and battered. It was hey, like the worst place. This kid is young. <laughs> yeah, that go. is the worst place. I mean, everything's so good there. It's not hard. food, right? Trust me, it's not hard to lose weight when you're an athlete and you're playing at that level. Granted, carbs are necessary, but when it comes to losing weight, you just need to go high fiber, high protein, and deplete he the carbs. Right. And he will lose a buttload of weight. Trust me, in one month, he'll lose it. I'm telling you, man. So it's not hard. It's just a matter of if he wants to or not. He's going to have to to have a 10-year career. There's no way. He's a he's an NFL left tackle playing in the NBA. Oh, yeah. He's 6'7", 285. Like, he is an NFL left tackle right now expected to carry the NBA franchise. He can't do it at 285. I don't care. 260. He's got to get down to at, at least, least At least 260, 265. I think LeBron plays around 250, and he's 6'8", 6'9". So he's got right. an extra three inches on Zion. A lot of people say he's shorter than what he's listed. That he's really about 6'5". Oh, wow. So, to, and I hear people all the time gush over, uh, you know, Zion this and Zion that and Zion's the future. I've seen too many guys come through like that that have all that hype. Blake Griffin comes to mind immediately. That had all this hype about but he's done, what he can do. Know, at least Blake Griffin has done something. He man. has, and he's been an all-star and been a leader of a team and everything else. Right. He, and people forget he missed his first year of the NBA he due did. to injury. He did. So, but it, I'll tell you what, if Zion does get healthy, I could actually see him being one of the only players that have been predicted to do well in the NBA because – if you look at the way he played when he first came out with New Orleans, mm-hmm. I mean, there was remnants of greatness oh, he got some, all over he's his got some play. Giddy up or something. Yes. Like he just wants it more. Yes. He's got a second jump. Yes. But again, that's what I'm saying. He's 19. I think he's 19 now. What does that look like when he's 27? We're, we're all middle aged guys we're sitting here. God, don't say that, Diz. No I'll be in my 50s do, at that age. No matter oh, what we do, we're going to put on some weight. Yep. He's not going to be the same weight at 27 no. that he is now. So, does that is that like an Oliver Miller type thing where he blows up to like 300 Ooh. pounds? Or a big baby. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's not going to be able to do these things. So Popeye Jones, do, remember him? <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, I, I don't know. I just, I'm confused about that part. But back to the original. But we're thing. being robbed real quick. On, I, I want to see him play. I want to see Zion I do play, too. man. But, but now people, I don't. I mean, it's Barkley, not looking good. Barkley came out this week and said that he didn't think he should play at all this year, that he should sit out. Because the Pelicans aren't very good. And that's what and Philadelphia did with all their stars. Philadelphia sat Joel Embiid his whole first year. Ben Simmons didn't play his whole first year either. So, yeah, you got a point. So, I don't know. I guess it's really up to him. But back to the college basketball thing real quick before we uh, end today's episode. Who's your pick for the Final Four right now? Jeez. <laughs> I tell you what, man, I haven't even thought about it. But, uh, you know, I'm going to let, – let, let's just for the hell of it, this is off the cuff right now. Yeah. This I'm going to say – This is December. Oh, my God, I don't even know what to say. I have uh, two. You got two definites, you think? I think so. I'm going to say Maryland for some reason. I don't trust Maryland. I don't know why, but – you know, Rod, don't jump over the table at me. But I'm going to put Duke in the final four. Yeah, I think the I final four. Yeah. Because it's so Just weak the, out yeah, there. Yeah, and right they now. have they. They're talking about you know they don't have Trey Jones right now. Blah blah blah. So what? They still have five five star kids. Now, granted, they might not be as strong as other five star kids in the past, but they're not playing those guys in the past. They're playing the kids right now. Yeah. And they're they were rated high in their class. It's there right now. They got Coach K. If they can stay relatively healthy. Joey Baker had a great night the other night. Finally, I mean they've got all the components. The ACC is not. ACC is not very strong. Virginia's going to be down. They can't score either. 
Uh, Carolina can't but score. But they still play defense. Virginia. They, yeah. Yeah. Virginia still Virginia's plays that pack line defense. Because all, of the all, defense. All those games are going to be 50 point games. Syracuse stinks. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Louisville. Louisville. I was wondering when somebody was going to bring them the up. Team. Okay. Louisville. I'm going to give you two teams because there's no way I'd give you four. I'd be lying to you if I gave you four. I'm going to say Louisville, and believe it or not, Maryland. They're Maryland. pretty good. They I are saw pretty a little good. bit. They got a little before. experience. That's the, see, that's the thing in college basketball. The, the teams with experience are the ones that are going to win. The ones without experience get all the hype. Duke actually has a mix of experience this year. Javin Delorier's on the team. Trey right. Jones is a sophomore. And I've always joked with Duke fans that you guys will never win anything with a freshman point guard. Just the way you're set up and the way you run. You have to have some kind of experience at point guard to win. And every team they've had has had some kind of experience at point guard. Um, the last one, Quinn Cook was a senior point guard, and Tyus Jones was a freshman. But, but Quinn basically ran the point for the most part in crunch time or whatnot. They needed somebody that had been through it all. Quinn Cook was a former five-star kid himself from four years prior. Duke, in this, in this atmosphere, I think that uh, Duke could do it. There's a team I'm looking at kind of from afar because I've been on record saying I think a mid-major is going to win the whole thing this year because this would be the year to do it. I think it's Dayton. Nice call. I think Dayton might make it to the Final Four. They're, they're experienced and they're, they're pretty beaten, good. They've beaten some teams already. <laughs> I think they got a top five kid. I can't remember his name. Uh, what's the kid's name at Dayton? He's going to be a top five draft pick, I think, when That's it's a all good over pick. with. Um, and and, and that would be, I, I'm sorry, I love when a, a mid-major gets in the Final Four. Yeah. Well, we were talking about it earlier. This season reminds me of the 2009-2010 season where there wasn't one great team. Duke and Kentucky were kind of that because yep. that was the year Kentucky had John Wall and uh, uh, DeMarcus Cousins but they couldn't hit a free throw to save their lives and they ended up losing before they ran across Duke Duke played uh, Wisconsin no 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 it was 2015 Duke played Butler in the final the team that had Gordon Hayward on it and Shelvin Mack and those guys and the, probably the ugliest national championship game had been played to that date until the next year when Butler played UConn which was an even worse yeah, game Duke, and Duke almost lost it on a half-court heave by Gordon Hayward at the yep. end. It was probably the most exciting part of that entire yep. game. But Duke was in the final. Butler, a mid-major, made it to the final. Carolina was a, basically a 500 team all year and went to the NIT. They finished 20-17 and 17 when the season was over. Uh, there wasn't a main – I don't even know who went number one in the draft that year. That still blows me away real quick. Butler made it, it was. Butler made it to the final game two years two in years a row. Two years in a row. That's like, incredible. And I think it's set up right now because that was literally the year before one and done really started because the next year was like Austin Rivers and then it was Kyrie Irving and then a flood of them. But, well, really when it started at Duke because Kentucky was already doing that a yeah. couple years before. Like I said, John Wall and uh, uh, DeMarcus Cousins. But – this kind of strikes me like that because. So, do you guys think that Kentucky could sneak in there? They could. Ashton Hagens is a pretty good point guard. Yeah. But and they again, they don't have the same level of kids yeah. that we're used to seeing at Kentucky. No, but they do have a couple sophomores yeah. and juniors. They've got yeah. some experience. Well, like you said, no one's up this year. Everybody's right. down. Even Ohio State, man. After I saw Ohio State beat the brakes off of Carolina, I was just like, you know, good can, call on that. But, yeah. but you yeah. know, a lot of teams. I was saying like, about Michigan. I can see like an Ohio State because they do look really good. That's one of those teams. That look really good for the first two or three months, and then they go downhill for some reason. Right, they right. seem like a team like that. But Louisville, there's something about Louisville that I think, you know, everyone's actually, you know, all the experts have been picking them from day one, and and they might be ready to go because that coach has, has done a hell of a job in two yeah, years. Good experience. Uh, Jordan Nora is that his name? Yeah. From Louisville, Nora. I don't know if I pronounced his name right, but uh, 
Yeah, I'd put Louisville up there. Um, They're playing I'm, good basketball. They are. Gonzaga. Gonzaga, once they get out of non-conference here, I think Carolina was the last non-conference game they really had. They're going to go undefeated in their conference. Well, no, I won't they say that. They could run the table. They got uh, St. Mary's in their conference, and somebody yep. else is in there too. Um, Those are tough ones. So they, they've got a couple of games, but I, Gonzaga's going to be a one seed when they get to the tournament. Right. And they'll be a right. West one seed at that. And I could see Gonzaga getting back to the Final Four. See, so Gonzaga's sitting pretty now, man. They used to be the Cinderella. Now that, you know, I mean, you know, they've done it for so many years, but Western. Uh, out, out on out west, basketball is not that strong anymore. Yeah. So they're going always, you know, not always, but they're going to be that number one, number two seed because of where they play. That's where you kind of right. want UNCG to get to eventually, where they got to knock off some like power five like schools in the Georgetown. They, that was a pretty big win. Yeah. So I mean, it, they're working on it. Shout out to West Miller over at UNCG. They're they're doing fantastic. Actually, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing them a little bit this year. But uh, so basically, Carolina sucks, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the college basketball world is upside down. I'm not giving up on the Tar Heels yet. Like I said, they play UCLA a little bit later today, and uh, and then they've got a little bit of a softer bit of their schedule that starts. But don't be overwhelmed, Carolina fans, because they've gone through a gauntlet of games. I mean, they play like two or three top five teams in the stretch. I mean. They beat Oregon somehow. I don't know how they did that. But yeah, I wasn't sure night. about that one either. Yeah. So there, there's some stuff there. They could possibly put it together, but I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But uh, this is another. This is the yeah. end of another episode of uh, the Franchise Players Podcast. You can catch us on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Plus, it's also available at SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. Don't forget the rundown with Desmond Johnson returns late January 2020. Morning drive live. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday starting out, and you can get to that uh, at sportscolonomonthly.com or netcastsports.com, or you can stream it live from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and a whole mess of others. So we'll give you some info about that as well. But uh, we'll see you next time on the Franchise Players.